welcome to the IMDb Journey podcast, where we break down every movie from the top 250 and give our thoughts, our reviews, and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and this episode will take you to infinity and beyond. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and tonight we will be podcasting with style. <laughs> and today we'll be breaking down the inaugural Pixar feature film, Toy Story. Dean, how are you? Good. How are you, my young friend? I am much better than what I was last week, I could tell you that, after oh, my trip right. to the yeah, dentist. Apologies, we had to skip a week. Yes. Uh, my, my co-host was a bit under the weather. Yes, I did have to go to the dentist to get a tooth removed from the back of my mouth, which caused a lot of gauze in my mouth, which hindered my ability to speak. And Didn't hinder your ability to go out drinking till 2 o'clock in the morning, though, did it? No, well, I wasn't going to miss your wife's <laughs> 30th birthday. <laughs> yeah, we went out uh, last weekend. Big group of us. And, and we uh, had a ball. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a big, big night and a rusty morning by you. Oh, very rusty. You waking up me? on uh, Father's Day here in Australia and it was kids coming in, 6.30. Oh, can I make you breakfast? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dear Leave God, get out. <laughs> Daddy needs sleep. <laughs> so be sure to stick around after the breakdown where we'll find out the results of last episode's Pod V Pod Draft and our latest set of matches in our Best Direct Tournament. And in the spirit of our question of the week, we'll be giving our top five Pixar films. And everyone listening, you obviously know where to find us, so hello and welcome if this is your very first episode. But if not, you know what you're in for. And if you do like our content and you'd like to give us some feedback, why don't you head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. We actually had a fantastic iTunes review that came through this week from Epic Film Guy Nick. He says, Dan and Dean are an amazing listen. I love the format of the show as they journey throughout the IMDb Top 250 at random and the amazing in-depth discussions that spawn therefrom. I only wish that the Top 250 were longer, but maybe we could get them to do a second Bottom 100 podcast. Hey, Dean, what do you reckon? God help us. <laughs> Keep up the amazing work, gents. Definitely in my regular rotation from now on. Thank you very much, Nick. We really appreciate that one. Thanks, Nick. And if you want to interact with us throughout the week too, we're on Twitter at IMDB Journey. You can also check out our letterbox page as well, where we post movies that we've watched throughout the week as well, as well as our Facebook page as well. And you can find all the links to these sites in our show notes for the episode. And just another reminder, we do have a Patreon as well, where we post early access to these episodes, as well as our patron-only podcast, where we're going through different movies that are not on the top 250 list. We actually just released our episode on Rushmore, as we're going through our Wes Anderson series right now. We just want to give a big thank you and a big shout out to our latest patron the so i'm watching this show podcast thank you very much for your patronage we really appreciate it yeah thanks so much so if you want to help out the podcast and get some sweet benefits head on over to patreon.com slash imdb journey and for as little as a dollar a month you'll be helping us out immensely give me the update we're in a new month, so I'm assuming the IMDb Top 250 has changed somewhat. What do we got? No. All right, let's start off with Infinity War, as we've been doing every update for a while now. Last time we saw it, it was sitting at number 24. It has gone down to 38. Oh, that's a decent drop. Yep. I still, I'm still pretty confident it's going to hang around that 50 area. Okay. Yeah. We also see that Raiders of the Lost Ark has dropped down from 44 to 46, bringing up a rear window and a whiplash, a spot each. Same thing for Witness for the Prosecution, which has moved up from 67 to 65, as well as Braveheart, which has gone from 75 to 73. And I guess in light of its 50th anniversary recently, 2001 A Space Odyssey has actually gone up a couple of spots from 91 to 89. Really? Yeah. Looking a little bit further on down the list here, we see the Mission Impossible Fallout, which debuted at 118, has dropped down to 216. Ah, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Same thing with Blade Runner 2049. It's gone down again from 217 to 222. Uh, that's 
Been there a long time now. It has now. Can't say the same thing for The Incredibles 2, though, as it went from Gone. 219 to out of the list. Gone. As well as Annie Hall is out of the list. Annie Hall? Huh. Yeah. That's not a bad movie. Yeah, I don't mind it. Shame we won't be breaking it down now. Well, we shall see. Might have to get on there and vote. And since we've had two movies drop out of the list, back in is The Best Years of Our Lives and your favourite, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. Sitting at number 250. Very good. Popping in for a hello. Probably be out next time. <laughs> yeah, as always, if you have... To, I mean, seriously, who has not seen Toy Story? But regardless. <laughs> yeah, regardless. <laughs> regardless. If you haven't seen Toy Story and you do not want to be spoiled on it, please stop listening because we're going to be getting right into spoilers from the get-go. We will be revealing the epic twist at the end <laughs> where you find out Andy is actually a toy as well. Dun-dun-dun. Spare me your fake laugh. <laughs> I know you're like... Ah. Gonna laugh. Three, two. <laughs> what do I even say to that, D? I don't know. It would have been a very different movie, though. It would have been. So, we're going to take a short break here, give you a promo from the Movie Geek and Proud podcast, as well as our buddies Billy and Topher at the We Watch the Thing podcast. And we'll be back on the other side with Toy Story. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Sean. And we are Movie, movie Geek, Geek and, and Proud. Proud. A movie podcast where two gay movie geeks review current and older movies of all genres, good and bad. We also pick titles and share our opinions on films that are either not well known or guilty pleasures. But we are proud of our taste and encourage all other movie geeks to do the same. And it's not just movie reviews on our show. We play games, trivia, movie drafts. We have guests come on and even the occasional skit. <laughs> you can listen to our show on your favorite podcast apps, including SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at MGNP Podcast. And remember, every movie has at least one fan. You're so cheesy. What? How's that cheesy? And every movie does not have at least one fan. Uh, I say it does, and you can't prove it doesn't. You can't prove it does. Yes, I can. That's why we're doing this show. It's like every time you want to start with me, I don't understand. No, you yes, can't. You so can. Saying, I'm no, telling you, they ridiculous. always have to do. You always do this. Movie Geek and Proud, a new episode every Wednesday. Hey, Topher, I was doing an etymology search because, well, who needs a reason? Turns out watch comes from the proto-Germanic word watchen, meaning be awake. Interesting if true, Billy. So our podcast, We Watched a Thing, really just means we stayed awake for something. Oh yeah, or at least most of it. Well, having been awake is about all the credentials we can really lay claim to when it comes to talking about movies. Speak for yourself, I've got legit IMDB credit. Well, all the visual effects experience in the world doesn't change the fact that you found passengers so emotionally touching that you cried. Oh yeah, taste guidelines from the cameraman who likes Jedi more than Empire, really? Ewoks are the best. Are they? Yes. And if you, dear listener, feel there aren't enough semi-informed cinematic opinions in your life, then a weekly dose of We Watched a Thing is for you. We Watched a Thing. We stay awake in everything. Find us at wewatchedathing.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else good podcasts are found. For anyone who's ever wondered what toys do when people aren't around... Showtime! Walt Disney Pictures invites you into a world where toys come to life. Wow! Cool! Let's go tomorrow, guys! Reveler! Andy is coming upstairs! Oh, oh, oh. Andy's coming, everybody! Back to your places! Hurry! Did you see my ears? Out of my way! Oh. Wow! Yeah. Quick,
So, Toy Story, released in 1995, featuring the voices of Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, Jim Varney, and John Ratzenberger, directed by John Lasseter. No love for Wallace Shawn? There's too many. i got to stop it at some point. What about Laurie Metcalf? Yep, there, there, she's in there too. <laughs> yes. Yes, the, she is. The world's first computer animated feature film. Yeah, let's get the headline out of the way early. Yeah, that's it, the one you yeah, want to see. This is, this is a movie that, that no one thought would do well. No. Like, no like, one had faith in it at all. No. But they proved them wrong, as it was nominated for three Oscars, including Best Original Screenplay, the first animated film in Oscar history to be nominated for a Best Screenplay Award. An amazing feat. Yes. But, yeah, like, originally they actually wanted different uh, actors or voice actors yes. for the uh, the main characters. They had uh, Paul Newman down for Woody and Jim Carrey for Buzz. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting idea. That I think they went. They were going to try and go for, like, an old-school Hollywood with the new-school Hollywood. That's yeah. how they went for it. Yeah, but uh, obviously they couldn't afford them because nope. they had probably not a, not a large budget. Nope. And, uh, yeah, they passed. Which, what do you do? Billy Crystal was asked to do Buzz, but declined. He regretted that decision. Yeah, yeah. apparently he uh, was not... Yeah, once he saw the finished product, he'd realised he'd made a mistake. And when uh, they called up to ask him to come on for, was it Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. He jumped at the opportunity. I read the story that his wife said, oh, it's John Lasseter on the phone. He went, yes! Just yelled out, like, I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. whatever it is, I'll do it. <laughs> you talk about budget. This uh, budget for this film was about $30 million. That's what they had to go with. That sound, that's actually more than I would have thought. But if you're going to throw Paul Newman and Jim Carrey in there, that's probably going to take a, a chunk of your budget out. Yeah, but $30 million, that's not small for back then, is it? For computer animated technology and that, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, you're right. Who knows? But they proved everyone wrong as the film made over $363 million worldwide and became the highest grossing film of the year. Truly incredible feat. Yeah, insane. And this film goes for 81 minutes. Oh. It is the shortest Pixar film by far. It is beautifully short. Oh, it is gloriously short. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've seen it so many times. It's like, ah, it goes for like an hour. Chuck yeah. it on. <laughs> Just round it down. It goes for an hour. <laughs> no big deal. Did you hear about this in 2003? There was an original film made, like shot for shot with real toys and real people. I did. I actually looked it up. I did too. I watched a bit. Yeah, it's terrible. Of course it's going to be terrible. It's like he's like... Yeah, man but like... You look at, like, the amount of time, like, it's impressive, but you look at the product and it's it's just... It's like a home video. Yeah, it's... It, yeah, you're right. It's a home video. Yes. Yeah. Which probably makes it even more impressive. Definitely uh, dedication on show. Took him about two years to make. Oh, really? Yes. Three. Like, this guy's just nuts. So, did you know that Tom Hanks actually recorded his dialogue a couple of years before the movie even came out? He did it between Sleepless in Seattle and A League of Their Own, between 92 and 93. Do you know why he did that? Oh, was it it because he... What was he doing? Schindler's List. He didn't want to go from... Schindler's List. Not Schindler's List. What was it? Forrest Gump? That's one of them. Yeah, he was doing more serious films. Oh, Philadelphia. Very good. Yeah. So, he was doing Forrest Gump and Philadelphia around the time where they would have been recording, and he felt like he would struggle to go from those much, much more serious films to the light-hearted character of Woody. Yeah. So, you, you can clearly see there is, like, the animation back then is still very raw. There's, like, they didn't have much to go with. Oh, it's pretty good. For the time, yeah. But you see, they made sure they couldn't do any like visible liquids or fiery explosions or even long hair in the film because of the limitations of their computer animation back then. Yeah, and I, re- I read about that too. But honestly, I've seen the film over 10 times. I never noticed that. No, I like, didn't You never either. watch it and go, gee, why didn't they show that explosion? No. 
Right. But that's what they, they couldn't do those because of the limitations they had at that time. Yeah, but I don't think it hurts the film. No, it doesn't at all. I think when you watch this film, considering A, it's the first to ever do this, yeah. and B, it's now 23? 23, yeah. 23 years old, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. And with an average of 8.3 over nearly 250,000 ratings, it's currently sitting at number 92 on the IMDb Top 250 list. Seems fair. Does seem very fair. All right, plot summary time. And it's my time to give you a plot summary. Your time to shine. A cowboy doll is profoundly threatened and jealous when a new spaceman figure supplants him as top toy in a boy's room. There's no way these are your words. Profound I su- surpasses... I've known the word supplants. Words. Oh, supplants. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my no, favourite words. Oh, of course, of course. Isn't it all? All right, Dean, let's get into the breakdown. We start off with that beautiful Pixar logo. Oh, it's so nice to see it. From the get-go, you see that gorgeous-looking lamp. It's iconic, really, and I love the way that the logo, the back of it, it's got that blue tinge, and it fades so perfectly into the sky blue colour of Andy's wallpaper. Yes, you are right. It does fade into the nice blue there as we see toys being played with. Yeah, in the very classic, you know, the way that a kid would actually play with toys. We see all these cardboard boxes turned into this little Western-style town. Like, I know personally, like, my kids, they love boxes. Yeah. Like, if you get a box, <laughs> it's Christmas yeah. morning for these kids. I remember a while ago, I bought home, like, six to eight boxes, and I cut some doors out of each of them and made it into, like, a maze. And the kids just went for it for, like, hours nice. and hours and hours. I'm like, yep, you go yeah. play over there. Perfect. Yeah. From a couple of cardboard boxes. Yeah. It's amazing. Put them outside, lock yep. the back door. Love it. But I tell you, I don't think I've ever got so invested with my toys as to create something this elaborate that Andy does here. Nah. Like, I mean, it's insane. Me and Shane, we were massive on toys when we were kids. Like, yeah. we, had, we had figures like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. And you still do. I still do, yes. But <laughs> now, the only difference is most of them are still in the boxes now. But, um... No, we, like, mainly him, he would come up with these, like, great games and role plays and, you know, all this sort of RPG-style gaming stuff, but I don't remember ever actually drawing in houses and all the construction of towns and stuff, but uh, I'm certain that uh, maybe Andy's mum helped him with that. Although, judging by the quality of the drawings, maybe not. Probably not. Lift your game, Andy. (laughs) I wonder if, when this first came out and no one... And, and people who didn't actually know what the premise of the film was, when they saw it was called Toy Story, did they think that this was the, what the Toy Story was about? Like, is this going to be, oh, I'm playing with my toys. And yeah. Like, uh, is this the movie? No, I think you're right. It actually it actually really reminds me of um, Team America World Police. Because you go into watching that going, okay, this is a movie about puppets. And they've got that terrible old school, yeah. like, string puppets. Da- I mean, I know the movie is like that, but they do flip it around. But it, it, it sets it up incredibly where yeah. it's actually a puppet playing with the puppet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's that's so awesome. good. So we get evil Mr. Potato Head. I love the wanted sign. Did you see how much uh, old Mr. Potato Head was worth? I didn't see that, Dean. $50 bazillion. <laughs> that is quite a reward there. I wonder what he must have done to cop such <laughs> yeah. a reward. I think he did every crime in the book. <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I just love that there's so many different types of toys as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I know that he's obviously big into cowboys and stuff, but, like, he does have the Bo Peep doll. Now, that, that might be his little sisters. But still, there's such a wide assortment. you got the robot. you got the little wooden things coming out. It's really great. And that's that's sort of the joy when you're a kid of playing with all these toys is 
you create this universe and all these scenarios where you got these these characters interacting that would never ever interact. Yeah, it's all the imagination yeah, of, it's, of it's your fantastic. mind. It's fantastic. I just think it did capture it really well. Did you have any of those toys, those specific toys, when you were growing up? Nah, I had one. What? I had the Etch a Sketch. Oh yeah, I had an Etch a Sketch, and I was terrible at it. I would just like do lines. Yeah. Uh, like, make just boxes. Turn the dial real quick. It took me, like, a year before I realized if I turn them both at the same time, I can make a bendy line. Oh. And by that time, I'd grown out of that phase. Yeah, I think the Etch-A-Sketch is much better in uh, theory. Yes. And then you get, you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I can't really do much of this thing. Yeah. And it all leads up into the basic reveal of Woody here. The big thumping music there. Yeah, you get the pull string happen, Heroic. and we hear that great voice, magical voice, of Jim Hanks. <laughs> right, Tom I, Hanks's brother. I see where you go with this. <laughs> I did not realise this. Tom Hanks's brother voiced the pull string script part of it. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure he also did all the actual voices for the pull string dolls that came out afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that was him as well. Yeah, I guess they would have saved a fortune on oh, toys. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's, it's great. It's great that this film is it's marketed at kids, right? But... I've seen this so many times, and still, on this viewing, I was already laughing out loud here. I love, love the line where Andy's saying, I'm going to stop you, one-eyed boat, and he flicks off <laughs> one of the Mr. Potato Head <laughs> How eyes. How did you know it was me? How did you know it was me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a off. But after we see Andy playing with his toys for a while, we get the iconic... Randy Newman song. Yeah, I mean, this song, I've said iconic already, I think, about three times, but... You can say it as much as you want in this breakdown, so... This song is so iconic. Yes. <laughs> uh, apparently, it only took him, like, a day to write the song. Yeah, I mean, do you know anything about Randy Newman other than Toy Story or Pixar? Nope. Yeah, me neither, but... I think that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. I do think it is a great choice of song, though. It does encapsulate what it's like having toys and what it's really all about. You know, it's about having company and friends when, you know, sometimes no one else is there. You know, you got, you're lonely. What do you do when you're a kid? Often you're just by yourself. Your parents are doing God knows what. You play with your toys and you got company. Yeah, well, that's what he's been doing this whole time. It's his imagination. He creates all these scenarios for all these toys he's got. He's in there with them. Of course, he's going to feel connected to them. Yeah, I'm just saying that yeah. the song, You've Got a Friend in Me. Yeah. I just think that really, it really works. It's right on the nose, much like every Randy Newman song he's done. Really? Yes. <laughs> and I do love the multiple POV shots from Woody throughout the, the credits that are coming up here as the song is going. Even though we are still to believe at this point he's just an inanimate object, you, you get his view as he's going along, down the stairs. And even when Andy puts him down and he goes over to the birthday party set, like, set up, you see the point of view from Woody laying on the chair. And that's where he, you get, you know, he realizes the party is today. You see all this. Yeah, so Woody is learning at this stage that his his birthday coming up. Yeah. And we do see the massive cowboy-themed room that he's got. Like, he's got the bed sheets. The posters. The posters. Even even Andy's wearing a cowboy hat in this opening. Yeah, you can tell that, like, this is his best toy. This is his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. But he takes him back upstairs, and then, boom, he's alive. Yeah. Like, what? Just that blink, that look. I mean, the magic of that is lost on me. I can't imagine what that would have been like in 95. Oh, yeah. If you hadn't have seen a trailer and knew yeah. it all. Like, if you actually went into this movie blind and you got that, man, it would have been amazing. Especially when he calls all the other toys and they all just come out. Yeah. All the, all the toys he's just been playing with. What's good about this film is that there is a good balance of kid jokes and adult jokes mixed together here. Like the Picasso joke. 
kids aren't going to get that. Yeah, exactly. How many kids are going to appreciate that joke? None. But they put it in there. Yeah. It's in there so the adults taking all these kids enjoy the film too. And then they can talk to their adult friends and take more kids along. Exactly. It's fantastic. Like, that's what's so great about this. There, there is this massive appeal for grown-ups throughout this movie. And it just, it broadens the audience measurably. And that's the mark of a good kids film is where adults can enjoy it too. There are other kids films that are just dumb kids films. And when are they ever going to get watched when they're like with the adults? They're just going to put it on the TV. You go watch that. I'm not going to bother with it. Yeah. It's not not bringing families together. No, it's the adults that put these movies on. Exactly. It's the adults that decide what the kids watch. Even the joke with Bo Peep saying, I'm just a couple of blocks away. That works for both. Oh. Because we know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And the there's kids, that, see, the, kids see the blocks. Yeah. There's, like, that, oh, I get there's it. that romantic innuendo there. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, there's blocks sitting there. Even Mr. Potato Head's line, What are you looking at, you hockey puck? Is actually one of Don Rickles' catchphrases. That's what they put that in for. And they put it in with the hockey puck going, What are you talking about? It's so funny. Yeah. The way that, that line is delivered, the way it's shot, where you see you see him say, What are you looking at, you hockey puck? And you don't see who he's talking to yeah, in that it's frame. it's like it's an insult. And then it moves over. It's like, oh my God, it's an actual <laughs> hockey puck. And like, he throws his arms out like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And like... The attitude on Mr. Potato Head, it's so good. Oh, yeah. I don't think I appreciated it quite as much as I should have, but the attitude on this character is fantastic. This is one of the joys of this film is the secondary characters are all great. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that these toys are joined together like a community. Like they have created their own lives while Andy isn't there. You can see this with the meeting they're holding, discussing all these important issues they have, even talking about like previous seminars about plastic corrosion awareness, like all these little things thrown in there. It's and, great. And you see in the background when he's given, you know, his address to the other toys, there's all these books on the shelf. Did you catch these? No, I didn't. I saw one called Tin Toy with Lassiter as the author. Well, Tin Toy is actually a short Pixar film from a couple of years prior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like apparently Tin Toy is sort of what, this movie was going to be. Yeah, it was about to be. Like, Woody was originally Tin Toy. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously got changed. But upon doing some more research, I actually found out that there's a lot of books and references there to a lot of the main staff there, which I thought was um, a nice little nod. And I mean, all these things that we're seeing right now, it's getting us more involved with the characters so quickly. We want to invest our time with them and find out even more about them. How funny is it when Slinky's pep talk and all the other toys... And Potato Head pulls the lips off him and starts <laughs> putting it on his yeah, ass. Kiss my kiss ass. Yeah. yeah, no, it is it is good. But it also sets up really well that Woody is their leader. Yeah. You know, like all these other toys at this point are all looking up to him. Like, and that's that's what gives him his worth, being the leader of this community. Well, how could they not when he's like plastered all over the bed and all over the walls and everything? Yeah. He is the official leader. And of course he's going to be like that. Yeah. Oh my God, we missed the uh, intro to Rex. How great was that? The big thud of the dinosaur <laughs> feet, you know, it <laughs> shakes it. <laughs> Woody, Woody just doesn't bat an eye. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing, Rex? <laughs> just, just so nonchalant. <laughs> how are you doing, Rex? I was going for fearsome. I think I'm just coming off as annoying. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and we start to see that the birthday party is coming up. And I actually understand the fear that some of these toys would have in getting replaced, because that is what happens in real life. Kids either wreck toys, or they grow too old for them and get rid of them. And that will result in some serious abandonment issues for certain toys. They're not real, Hendo. You don't know? I mean, (laughs) I have some idea. (laughs) You don't know. All right, so do you want to get into 
uh, Lee Ermey here. Sure, why not? What do you got for us? All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you know who Ali Ermey is? Go. He's the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, oh, Billy stuffed up. Yeah, so he's obviously playing the same character here in this uh, oh, yeah. this movie. I think he's fantastic. Well, like you said, he's playing the exact same role. Yeah. He he plays this role in pretty much every film. And it's the attention to detail is what adds that little extra bit of oomph for me in this film. Like the little plastic O-rings on the back of the army men. That's how they were when you take them off their packets because they're all strung together oh, on yeah, those, yep. like those grids. Yep. Yeah, they all those little bits there. They yeah. they focus so much on it. It's fantastic. Even when they they are finally downstairs and um, Andy's mum comes through the door before she comes, they all take their poses. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, in fact, the animation team perfected the movement of these toy soldiers by nailing their shoes to a sheet of wood and trying to walk around in them. That's how they generated that movement. <laughs> oh, that's good. I love Sarge looking through his binocul- binoculars. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't get the binoculars out in time. Yeah. <laughs> I've said that so often. Oh, yeah. that, that's my default go. Um, Don't you say um so much. I've listened to our podcast. Shut up. <laughs> Countless times. <laughs> Not sure I've said it once. Um. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so he's, look- he's looking through his binoculars. Binoculars? Is that right? Is that how you say it? Binoculars. Binoculars, that's better. <laughs> binoculars. Binoculars. He's looking through his binoculars, which we can see are painted green. Yeah. Like, there's no possible way he's looking <laughs> yeah. through them, but we get that point of view of the magnified image. It's so funny. You talk about stuff like that. Well, I know it's cool for them to parachute in, but they could have easily just fallen off the top floor and landed on the ground. They're made of plastic. They're not going to break in half. They're yeah. little tiny pieces of plastic. <laughs> just all that little extra stuff makes it so much fun, especially when they are lying down and they cut back up to the top and Woody's like, they're professionals. Oh, they're not going to be lying down on the job. Smash cut to them lying down on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and yeah, they they ham up all these army tropes in this part. It's fantastic. Like, not leaving the soldier behind. Even having a medic soldier in the plants helping him out. Like, where'd he come from? <laughs> I found it funny when they're listening to the presents that are coming out. So great. I, I got to agree with Mr. Potato Head. Who invited that kid? You always get some knobber who'd give you some terrible present that was no use to you when you were a kid. All right, we got the first present here. It's a lunchbox. Like, lunchbox? For lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bed sheets. Who invited that kid? <laughs> That's gone. So then we get to the last present. It's a big one. It's a big one. We're waiting to see Buzz here. Nope. You get a shadow. Shadow of the of the spaceship. No, no, no. When he lifts it up in the air, you see the shadow. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right, it's Battleship. It? And he's oh, like, of course, He's yeah. just like, oh. I thought it was- oh, no. Surprise, last present. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> but no, the kids bring him up to the, the room. Yeah, Woody just gets so casually swiped away. But not without them stuffing up the batteries first and, you know, finding out. Just in time that they're coming upstairs. Quickly get back in your positions. Yeah. Just in time. Yep. It's always just in time. Of course. It? And yes, yeah, so like you said, he gets knocked off the, the bed and everyone starts to get a little nervous. What is that? What's going on? And you get that big grandiose music as you see Woody's head pop up. The tower, the, the, the pan shot that comes up. Oh, the pan's fantastic. Like this guy is the man. That, that Like it gives the impression that Buzz is huge. Yes. He, and then we get Buzz waking up and he gets this great POV shot. It's as though he's in space, like he got that space suit, like astronaut Love suit. the reflection. Yeah. You know, love the reaction of him when he sees his ship, aka box damage, <laughs> saying it will take weeks to repair. This is actually my... Excellent! Okay. 
All right. Yeah. So uh, nothing, honestly, nothing stood out for me with this movie. It is a very consistently good movie. And I went back over all my notes. I thought, what's actually my favorite bit? It's got to be this. This intro to Buzz, it's just could not be better. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, you can see that Buzz is like an upgraded Woody. Like, you see him show off his voice button, and then they, <laughs> they mock Woody's pull string. Like, he clearly gets upset, and he holds the string like it's his comfort. Yeah. <laughs> no one else has any talking no, exactly. feature. It's, it's Mr. Potato Head who's giving him shit oh, all so the good. time. Like, yeah. you can feel Woody's getting pushed aside already, and he starts to get a little bit jealous. And you, you can understand why. Like, he takes a massive dislike to Buzz here. You know, he says he can't fly, he's just a toy. And then we get that great sequence of him bouncing around the room. Before that, we get another great adult line here. The word I'm searching for, I can't say, because there's preschool toys present. <laughs> See? Just for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, the, the flying around the room, you get that classic buzz quote. To infinity and beyond! And everything is perfectly timed here to make it look like Buzz is flying. And it's not like a, how convenient, it's like we're in on the joke, rather than us thinking that it's implausible. Even the line beforehand, where he he says, I could fly around this room with my eyes closed. <laughs> and that sort of gives him the the sort of reasoning that he doesn't realise what's happening yeah, once he, he jumps off. he has his eyes closed the whole he time. Just, he closes his eyes, yep. he moves around in the air a lot, lands back on the bed. Yep. You know, like, it's clever. And then Woody gives us that... That wasn't flying! That was... Falling with style. Which obviously comes back at the end to a very great effect. Yeah. And then another adult line. Man, the dolls must really go for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ingenious, ingenious. So one thing that got my mind spinning every time I see this is that Buzz thinks he's an actual space ranger, not a toy. Yeah. Yet every time he's treated as a toy, he acts like one. Even when he's not with Andy and he's in the claw machine or even when he's dressed up for the tea party, he's a toy. I don't know. It- Do you mean just he's inanimate? Yeah. yeah. So if he thinks he's a space ranger, why does he act like a toy when he's supposed to act like a toy? It just it, it always just went through my mind. Like it. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the film. It's just like the, it oh. doesn't. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But you can sort of you know you could sort of argue well maybe they don't have a choice. But then you get that scene at the end yeah, exactly that flies in the face of that. So there's yeah. Like I understand. How he's he acts like a toy, but before he gets there, because he talks about how he's awoken from his hypersleep. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know. Maybe they've told him you need to be frozen when the head, like the yeah. our god, comes in. Yeah. They, they could have explained that a little bit more, but it, yeah, it just it, I found it a little bit odd. Yeah, no, that's fair. So we get this montage where we gradually see Andy start to join the Buzz Club and gradually fade Woody out, including dressing up like Buzz, changing his posters and his bed sheets, which I can only assume is the one he got as a present from that knobber before. Who invited that kid? <laughs> and you see Buzz is also- yeah, it'd, be, it'd be awkward if uh, Andy's mum didn't end up getting him a Buzz. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, cool sheets. Yeah, where's your Buzz? Wish I had a toy. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see that Buzz is also becoming good friends with all the other toys. Yeah, he's been yeah. an all-round great guy to these other toys. And it's just Woody's sheer jealousy that is holding him back from accepting Buzz himself. Like he, yeah, he can't that's say- the thing. Like that's the thing. Like Buzz, there's no malice at all to Buzz. Oh no, no, no. Like he is actually at this point a very, very pure toy person, thing, character, very pure character. You went through a couple of uh, things there. You, you landed on one. I did. I think character works. And the thing is, the thing that's important is he's not trying to go out of his way to take Woody's spot at all. No. Like he's not doing anything to step on Woody's toes. His objective is to get it's- to exactly. The- he doesn't want to be get there. Spaceship fixed. Yeah. Exactly. It's Andy who's coming in and doing it, yeah. and Woody is just 
is upset, but he's just taking it out on Buzz. He, can't, he, he can't, is the one who's being difficult. He can't fathom the idea that he's not the big dog anymore. He needs to be number one. He needs to be the leader. And when his mantle is challenged, he doesn't know how to accept that. And as we gradually see throughout the film, he does change his ways and accept that. And, and that's where we get some good character development and a good arc, which for a computer animated toy in a kid's film is fantastic. Unheard of. At the time. So this film does centre around two big things. The fact that Woody starts to feel abandoned and the arc of Buzz and his gradual realisation that he is a toy. And that really starts to take charge here with this argument between the two. Probably my favourite shot of the film is this look that Woody gives when Buzz thinks he's choking uh, when he takes the helmet off. That whole... Is he serious? Uh. Is is anyone actually looking at this? Is anyone looking at this guy? That look that he gives is priceless. It gets me every time. Mm. And we do get that awesome line. You're mocking me, aren't you? Used regularly on Paul Soundboard at the Countdown Podcast. (laughs) Here's where we get our intro to Sid Phillips. Now, Sid Phillips is said to be actually based on a former Pixar employee who had a penchant for taking apart toys and reassembling them using parts from different toys. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? What sort of sick child were you? What? What do you mean that makes sense? That they would base this character off someone who did the things that this character does. Oh, okay, okay. We were on different wavelengths there. But again- You're on a weird wavelength that I don't want to get involved with. <laughs> that would be a first. <laughs> yeah, you see him blowing ah, up- no, that- no, 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 But again, but again, the jokes are thick and fast. Like, Buzz looks at the dog, thinking it's Sid that all the other toys are talking about. <laughs> sure is a hairy fella. Not him, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and even the next one, Sid, you pan up to Sid laughing like an absolute crazy man. Oh, yeah. You mean that happy child? <laughs> he's, so, awesome. he's so out it of is, tune. It's oh, it, it is. Yeah. He's so ignorant. It's fantastic. It just demonstrates so perfectly how out of touch with reality Buzz is in all aspects. Oh, yeah. So this is where Woody hatches up this devious little scheme to get Buzz out of the way so he can go to Planet Pizza with Andy. And obviously, it backfires immensely. Yes, it does. Did you notice the Indiana Jones reference? No. What was it? The boulder coming down, the globe, the zoom in on the face. Oh, God, come on. Sorry, I was thinking of like, yeah, okay, no, I I actually didn't. Oh, okay. Well, there it is. I'm not a huge Indiana Jones fan. All the pins coming down near Buzz, like they're kind of like the arrows that yeah, are flying. Fantastic animation. Oh, is yeah. that is that all rip-off from Indiana Jones? I'd assume it would be. You assume. Well, it all fits well into yes that whole no, scene. Yes or no, are there pins that come down on Indy? Is there a giant globe that comes at him? There's a ball. Is there That's a cowboy? Something. Is there a spaceman? There's probably like... um. Stalagmites? Is that what they're called? What are you talking Stalignites, about? Stalagmites, like, oh, Megalomites? The ice picks in caves? Icicles. Yeah, icicles. That's one. We'll go You're a bit off there. <laughs> Someone out there listening knows what I'm talking about. Did you notice they got a Willem scream in there? I did, actually. <laughs> I, I did notice that. That was nice. And man, the toys just lynch him here, don't they? Led by Potato Head. I feel like he's got some sort of vendetta against Woody here. Yeah, he's very aggressive. Like, what is his problem? Maybe. All right, theory time. Maybe when Andy was a toddler, Mr. Potato Head was the leader. Yeah. He was his favourite toy, and Woody was the, his buzz. Maybe he used to have Mr. Potato Head bed sheets. I bet he did. And a poster. The plot thickens. Mm, maybe that's a prequel coming up. <laughs> toy Story 4, Potato well, Heads. Well, they are doing a Toy Story 4. Yeah, but I don't think it's what I'm saying. That could be Toy Story 5. Hmm. <laughs> that's when you know they've really run out oh, of yeah. ideas. Yeah, but he's very lucky that Andy came in at the time he did, because they were going to hoist him by his string. Would that have actually done anything? I think they would. Do they breathe? Do they breathe? 
No, they don't have lungs. So why are they hooking him up? Why are they going to hoist him up on a hook? You think they're going to lynch him? They're going to string and quarter him. <laughs> Pull the stuffing out of him. That's how you, that's how you get him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a stuffed toy. Yes, he is. Okay, he is. Oh, you t- I was just picturing him. What a him. change of events that was. I thought he... I know. I was picturing him as plastic. He's not. He's a soft no. toy, isn't he? Oh, Dean. Well, he just stands so rigidly. You don't picture that as a soft toy. Dean, I have to actually use the insult that Buzz uses coming up. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. <laughs> and I will say that to you to the day I die. Okay. Going along that, they have this big fight under the car when Buzz chases after him in the gas station. He punches him. And when his head spins around completely, it kind of feels like a warehouse malfunction, doesn't it? Could that toy completely spin his head around? Oh, actually, it might. Because it, his head is actually plastic, where his body is the co- is stuffed. Is it? Yeah. Gee, I need to get myself a woody toy. I'm glad you said toy. <laughs> <laughs> so, the body is a stuffed toy with a plastic yeah. head. Yeah, so that could easily spin around on there, because it's not sewed on. So, what's it attached to? The fabric? It's, it's lucky like- it didn't come off. You're saying it's just loose in there, maybe a, a wide no, plastic I think, I base think that there's like under a, a cloth top. I think there's a plastic bit around the, the collar and the plastic head pops in there and hang and hangs in there so it can easily spin. Back to the movie. Hold on, I'm wondering if anyone else has ever had this conversation before. <laughs> I don't think they... Maybe they have. Yeah, now he's a sad, strange little man. <laughs> Difference is, I don't have your pity. <laughs> so they obviously get abandoned here at the gas station... Or the petrol station, as the Aussies like to say. As Andy and his Dude, mom- Hold on. Do Americans not say petrol station? I think they say gas. It's the gas station. What about the cars that don't run on gas? I think it's still called uh, gas station. That's odd, isn't it? Because gas is like a newer thing than petrol. Well, I think the people who get gas over here don't call it the gas station. They call it the petrol station. Yeah, but I can understand if cars used to be all run on gas, you would start it out as a gas station that would have petrol and then that would get phased in and in and in. Send in your comments, Americans. Do you call it a petrol station or is it a gas station regardless? I'm genuinely curious. I think it's a gas station there. They don't say petrol? I don't think they do. What do they call petrol? Petrol, but it's not not a petrol station. They're going to pump some gas at the gas station. Pump some gas. But you don't pump gas. Do- oh, you do pump gas, but... Anyway, let's get back to the film. Let's get back to the film. That's what we're here for. So, where are we at? Are we at uh, Pizza Planet now? No, we're, we're in them getting in the pizza delivery guy's car. I love the brazenness of Buzz to just sit at the front, oh, put mean, the seatbelt on. And it is, like, funny, it is funny to see the know-it-all attitude of Woody gets slapped back in his face when he's like, no, you've got to go on the back. And he yeah. just gets absolutely messed up in the back of the car. Yeah. No, it is very funny. Very convenient, but very funny. Oh, of course. Well, there's a lot of conveniences in this film. Like, he puts on a seatbelt yep. and the driver doesn't notice. The driver's got a whole oh, stack of pizzas. He's a young stoner teenager. Like, he's going to be paying attention he's to that. He's not a stoner. There's no drugs in this film. That you know of. Yo. <laughs> so, there are at Pizza Planet now. And they get in by hiding under the cups and the the, the burger holders. I like the way, I like the way that comes about, though. They're like... Woody's in the back and he's, you know, he's got all the rubbish on him and Buzz is like, ah, excellent idea. Yeah. Did you ever play the Toy Story video game? No. What console? Um, The Sega Mega Drive or the Genesis for the no, Americans. No, it was Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Then well, I think it was on Nintendo, Nintendo as well. But I used to play it on the, the Mega Drive. And I remember that game mostly for this stage where you had to make your way to the end of it while simultaneously dropping down under these cups. Was it a side scroller? Yeah. So you still have to like go over like up and down platforms and that, but oh, every okay. time you like you would hear the footsteps or the warning, you had to stop and like go under the cup while the while the feet ran past. Very nice. Yeah. 
So Woody is so close to getting into this pram, and he still has Buzz with him because he's convincing him that they're heading towards a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. But then Buzz sees the claw machine and runs away for it. So his plan's ruined. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, Woody knows at this point that he can't go back to the room. No, without, without Buzz. Yeah. So Buzz jumps into the claw machine. Dean, have you ever won anything substantial on those things? No, definitely not. No. We actually had this guy at my um, work, though, that was incredibly good at them, and we would pay him to uh, play, and he would win footies, big um, soft toys, everything. Like he Really? Yeah, I don't know how he would do it. He was fantastic no. at claw machine. Because I was going to say, there is no way that Sid would ever win anything twice in a row. Those things are bloody rigged. There's no <laughs> way he gets an alien and then pulls a Buzz Lightyear immediately out of it afterwards. Yeah, no, fair point. Um, 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 there's another um for you to cut out. I could honestly keep all the ums in and you'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or I might just copy and paste an um after every sentence. Um, This is when um he um decides um to... <laughs> Bonus feature, if anyone wants to hear what the unedited, unedited version Why don't I do like, an edited- and then just edit in all ums. Why don't I just do an, an edited compilation of all the ums? So now we see the inside of Sid's house, the inside of Sid's horror room. And we learned that he's been conducting his surgeries on these toys. Yeah, this is sort of terrifying for a kid, I It reckon. really is. This room, like, how old is Sid meant to be? How old is Andy? I think Andy's supposed to be maybe 10. 10, okay. And Sid's probably like 12. I mean, he's ordering explosives. Yeah, I don't think the parents... <laughs> we never see the parents for him, though, so they obviously... Well, I mean, if we did, what sort of parents would they be? But it's weird, because Sid's sister seems like a very well-adjusted child. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, yeah, I guess, I don't know. What but we do, we do hear Sid's parents' voices, don't we? Oh, yeah, because um, she offers him waffles. Yeah. No, no, Pop-Tarts. Did you notice that the carpets were mirrored off The Shining? I didn't watching it, and I'm sure you didn't either. What if I did? You didn't. <laughs> but, it, I mean, that's weird. It's another put, little adult joke there. It's a little Easter egg, I would call it. I don't think it's a joke. I don't think it's an adult joke. <laughs> Um, but it's definitely an Easter egg. I mean, why not when you're animating? Why not make the carpet one of your favourite movies? Of course. You know, a bit of an homage there, or homage, as you would say. Homage. But yeah, seriously, seeing all these destroyed toys with this creepy music, maybe it might actually stop kids from wrecking their toys all the time. It is a bit, yeah, it is a bit scary. But I do love Buzz's line, I don't believe that man's ever been to medical school. Because it lightens the mood up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it is, at this point, it, it's a very dark scene. Like, Sid is crazy. Seeing his bench full of tools of torture, like, yeah. gee, it reinforces it. He's particularly creepy when he does the nurse's voice. Like, he's doing the voices of his <laughs> toys. It's like he has, a, like he's, um, split personality. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he's doing this to his little sister's toy is super yeah. mean. This, this kid. <laughs> Setting my laser from stun to kill. <laughs> Oh, great. You're going to blink him to death. <laughs> like, the, the, honestly, though, the banter between Buzz and Woody, it's just... Oh, it is so good. It's classic. It really is classic. You can tell that Woody is over this whole, I'm a space ranger thing, so yeah. he's just taking the piss out of him. Yeah, now. yeah, openly. Like, yeah. But you see all these deformed toys, like you were saying, and holy shit, that spider leg baby head is the stuff that nightmares are made out yeah, of. Yeah, that one. When that comes yeah. out, yeah. That- yeah. And you see Woody's face, like, he's he's so terrified. Yeah. Did you get the other adult joke that came out with the legs and the hook? She's a hooker. 
Uh, no, I that did not is, get that, that. That has gone on record. That's what that is. So you didn't pick that up. I didn't pick that up. She's a hooker. She's a hooker. So Who's gone on record? Someone at I Pixar did, I did read that has that. gone on record saying that toy was meant to represent a hooker. That's what I saw. That's strange. I find that odd. Why? It's never actually said in the film. It's, it's, it's just for your adult mind it's, it's to process. Odd. It's odd. Hooker. Okay. I do love the extra touch on the animation here where Buzz's spacesuit actually glows when they're inside the bag. That was great. Yeah. That was it? really great. That was fantastic. I really liked, really enjoyed that. So I'm pretty sure it is the next day and Sid is torturing Woody with the magnifying glass. I must admit, the designs of the humans don't really hold up now, but it is still very raw computer technology, so I don't blame it. Like, like It looked very weird, especially with the zoom in of the mouth of Sid. It looked very clunky. But- okay. You know, it's very raw, so whatever. I just picked up on it because there's been so many more high-quality animations, yeah. animated films from Pixar that when yeah. you go back and look at this, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've, I've really... It's the second time you've brought it up. I really was not put off by the older animation at I'm all. not put off by it. I just noticed it. Sometimes you've got to let yourself, you know, get a bit lost in the world of these movies. I Daniel. do every single time. I doubt that. <laughs> Ben-Hur, anyone? <laughs> okay. Moving on. And this is where Buzz finds out that he is actually a toy. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah, this is arguably the biggest event in the movie, where yeah. Buzz... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, I mean, his whole his whole reality is just shattered. Like, the the add-on TV, though, is on point. Oh, yeah. Like, they it point def- out everything. No, but it definitely reminded me of all the toy ads I would see while watching bloody cheese TV in oh, yeah. the mornings. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's great. But seriously, kudos to the film. Not a flying toy. Yep, not a flying toy. (laughs) But kudos to the film for giving us a great character in Buzz over the past 45 minutes. That's all it's been. And he, so much so that we can become sympathetic and care for this CG toy. But he's given this great arc to develop and seeing him stand on that stair rail in front of that open window. And we get Randy 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 Newman Newman. I and believe I can fly, I can fly, I can fly, like he's so on I point. can fly if I wanted to. You start to get that feeling that you, there's like, oh, like he's going to do it. You can he, do and it. And he dies for it, <laughs> but then you slowly see him oh, fall. It's so rough. He lands, his arms off. He finally realizes he is an actual toy. It is fantastic. And that is why it's my... Excellent! Very nice. Yeah. This whole thing is just... It's so good. It gives me the chills. Does it? It does. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Could have turned the heater on. Cut that. That's wow. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to cut that <laughs> one. <laughs> as, as halfway through the words were coming out of my mouth. I was like, like, oh, God, why, why am I doing why this? Why am I bothering? <laughs> Not even I would laugh at that joke. Oh, man. But we do cut to this tea party. It's this, so great. Oh, I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. I used to bust up at Buzz's reactions during this part. His insane laugh. That <laughs> like, he's gone insane. It's great. Yeah. So, he's sitting He's sitting around here with these, these headless dolls. And this quote, I never actually picked up on it. And suddenly, you find yourself sucking down Darjeeling with Marie Antoinette and her little sister. Like, both... Both were guillotined. Yeah. Like, Marie Antoinette um, is a French she a queen. She was in the French Revolution. Yeah. She she was Queen of France. Yeah, Queen yeah. of France. Um, but yeah, nah, she was guillotined and her sister, like, it's... And how perfect is that? It ties in that? so well to these headless dolls yeah. that he's sitting with. It's great. Again, that is a joke that most adults wouldn't get. Oh, I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, Buzz acting drunk here on the tea is fantastic. Yeah, I love that. And we're up to where Woody's ta- finally... Uh, Conveying with the other toys from the other house. Yeah. 
Now- This is rough. Let me suspend my disbelief here because there is absolutely no way no that a way. toy cowboy would be able to throw a line of Christmas lights across two houses, let alone a human being. Yeah. No. Like, I'm like- There's eh. no way. There's no way. <laughs> and if, we go, if we're going to go along the lines of things that, you know, are a bit irky, I mean- Buzz fell out of the window into the bushes and he was perfectly fine. Why can't they just do it now? Why can't they both just fall out the window and walk across to the house? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Oh, he fell into a bush, though. Or oh, fall into another And we bush. have seen that Buzz has he'd fallen down before and broken an arm. He fell so, off a stairs so onto yeah. solid ground. Yeah, well, you don't know what's underneath. It might be just concrete underneath. What's what are you going to do? Explode with his cotton? Yeah, but he can't go back without Buzz. He couldn't. No, okay. okay. <laughs> Let's. Let's not talk about I did this. like the touch of um, Ham and Mr. Potato Head playing Battleship that was mentioned earlier. Oh, uh, yes. The, the yes, presence right. there. <laughs> I, I saw them playing Battleship. Yeah, why, 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 why aren't board games like coming alive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great detail here where Ham takes Mr. Potato's nose off and Mr. Potato Head speaks nasally. <laughs> like he's he's got a blocked That's nose. Awesome. It's, yeah. oh, it's great. No, no, not the ear. Give me the nose. Come on. How about three out of five? Before we move on from this, um, you know, talking across the houses scene. Yeah. When he's got Buzz's arm and he's like pretending yeah. that Buzz is there and he's waving, and then he he does he does the wrong thing. He walks out and you can see that it's just so an you're arm. Talk about Rex throwing up. It's so good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you don't think like if you saw like a person holding some other guy's, yeah. you know. Detached arm, it'd be disgusting. (laughs) Rex's reaction is so good. Yeah, I love it. But did you think it was a bit harsh, though? Dropping the lights, you know? They're basically condemning Woody to death here. Well, they think that they have killed this Buzz and and ripped him to shreds. Woody would have been with them for years. Like, he's their leader, their close friend. And as soon as he got jealous, he tore this doll apart. That's crazy. I want to talk about when... Sid straps Buzz to the rocket, and Woody ends up getting caught under the the crate yep. because he puts the toolbox down. Yep. Did you know that the toolbox is a Binford's toolbox, which is the fake tool brand from Home Improvement? I did not. It has Binford's across it, the old Tim Allen Home Improvement tool brand. Did you watch much Home Improvement? I did watch Tim I the watched, Tool Man Taylor. Yeah, I watched Taylor a lot Taylor. as well. It was awesome. I couldn't get enough of Tim Allen smashing his head on that pole every time he went down to the basement. <laughs> We do get this emotional conversation here between the two. It is a very tender moment, and they both realise that they are both equals who were loved by Andy the same. And it does drive them to get the hell out of there, especially Buzz. Yeah, we see Andy's mum tucking in a very sad Andy here, who's clearly very upset that he can't find his two favourite toys. I think it's a pretty important scene here, though, because it shows Andy in bed holding a cowboy hat. Yeah. You know, like, it tells us that possibly a, a lot of what Woody is feeling about being replaced by Buzz could actually be largely in his head. It is. Like, yes, Buzz is new and, you know, the new hotness, but Andy still loves and misses his Woody toy too. Very much so. So this whole scene where Buzz gets taken by Sid and the toys conduct this elaborate plan to get out of the room, very reminiscent of The Great Escape, I might add. Is that in the top 250? Pretty sure it is. Yeah, there's a movie I saw when I was very young that yeah. I have not seen, you know, in many, many years. Like, I don't remember that movie at all. I'm certain I've seen it. Yeah. yeah Probably not- a couple of times, but I have no memory I'm of not it. sure if that's what they were going for, but it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if they were. Yeah. Also, another little thing that I saw. Let's just ignore the fact that there's no way that that light at the top of the veranda is like, oh. go up into the hole and then come back out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was... I saw that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Continue no to suspend my disbelief here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when they're outside and they all just start coming alive, they absolutely mortify this kid. Oh, this kid's messed up oh, now. he is done. He will never be the same. No. Which, maybe that's not a bad thing. Actually, did you know that he makes a brief appearance in Toy Story 3? Uh, no. He plays a nameless garbage man. Okay. He wears the same shirt. Wouldn't it be too small for him? For God's sake. How about he buys a new one? Of the same shirt that he was wearing when he was a little kid. The same kid. skull. The same black t-shirt with Do a skull on it. the same clothes you were wearing when you were 10? I may have bought a same white t-shirt. Mm. Is that the same? Does that qualify? No. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this kid was in therapy for the rest of his life. Yeah. And of course, the sister makes fun of him, <laughs> pushing her doll onto him. <laughs> yeah, that's really mean. But it's definitely in line with what a sister would do. Yeah, of course. And especially to him. Like, he's oh, yeah. far worse to her than oh, she yeah. is to him. And I believe we get into the penultimate scene here where they are chasing the truck down, or chasing the car down. Yeah, and it starts, and you see Woody run through the fence, and he can jump on the car right then, but Buzz is stuck. He's yeah. got his, I think he's got his wings out, and he can't get no, through no, the car. No, no, it's the rocket. Oh, the rocket, yeah. yeah. So he's got the rocket attached, and he can't get through, and Woody goes back to save him. But yeah, I but feel he like yeah, but I he can't go without him. I know, I know, but I feel like this time he's actually going back because yeah, okay, Buzz I agree is with becoming that. a friend to him, yeah, not just because he knows if I don't have Buzz, then I can't get yeah. back into it. I actually feel like you can see him begin to change. Well, not begin to change. I think you can see that he's changed here. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think it is very sloppy of Rex. To start talking when the box opens. Who does he know who's opening yeah, the box? I thought the same thing. <laughs> Hang on. Who are you, we who there are you, yet? Like, who are you assuming is opening this as box? As if it would be a toy opening the box there. <laughs> like, Rex, you're so stupid. How good's the Akuna Matata playing in the car when they're going yeah. along? That was good. It's great. But I love when Woody gets into the truck and kicks the remote control <laughs> car out. He's at it again. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> but surely just say it. Oh no, wait, Buzz is there. It's so funny. And even he's he gets the he gets the remote control. He's, like, <laughs> like he's so <laughs> diabolical. Yeah. One of the most unrealistic things I hear when Woody is being spun by the strong man, the car does the circles <laughs> yeah. like Woody's doing it. Like okay, maybe that's possible. Maybe maybe he's being spun and he's got the wheel turned to one side sharp. But when the pig jumps on Woody, <laughs> forcing Woody to jump in the air, the car does a jump? <laughs> what? You want to talk about unrealistic things. What about when they're, they're just in the road, these toys are in the road, and the car toots at them when he's going past? Why are you tooting at a toy in the road? <laughs> but it does look like they fail in the end when, they, when the truck does disappear. But never fear, because the magnification of Buzz's helmet causes the rocket to light up. Yep. And how good is the rubber face? Of Woody when the G-force is coming uh, at him yeah. with this massive rocket, but this whole this whole scene here is fantastic as well. To see the triumphant music of these two once enemies working together, yeah. citing each other's phrases. Yeah, oh, air. it was great when yeah. Woody says to infinity and beyond. Finally succeeding in getting back to Andy, correctly avoiding the truck and going for the car. Yep, they've gone through hell and back and ended up on the other side as best friends. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. It's, so, it's it's very solid. Fantastic. Yeah. And you get the funny tag at the end where it's Christmas. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure they never anticipated a sequel. So you do get these good gags with the Mrs. Potato Head and the dog as well. But I think it's it shows as well that it's not just Woody's perceptions that has changed here. It's the other toys as well. Like, Rex is saying, like, he hopes Andy gets another dinosaur, you know? Yeah. 
maybe even a leaf eater, so I could be the dominant predator. <laughs> like, it's oh, funny. Oh, I better shave. Jeez, I better shave. Pulls the mustache Pop. off. <laughs> if only it were that simple. I did like the nice little touch here where if you actually look at Andy's room, it has cowboy and spaceman yeah. posters around and cowboy and spaceman bedding. Yeah. I think it's like the spaceman um, doona and the cowboy pillow or something. Yeah. Like, it's it's a good balance. And I do love how full circle Buzz has become where he's the one who's, like, very nervous about what's what's there yeah. for, for Christmas. Yeah. But, yeah, they have a little little side giggle over the dog. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's honestly, it's a fantastic finish. Like, yeah. what could possibly be worse than you? Yeah. A puppy! And then it zooms yeah. back in. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> Here we go again. No, fantastic end to a fantastic film. Any last words? All right, Dean, why don't you give us your final thoughts for Toy Story? All right, my final thoughts. It's a short movie, so I'll keep my thoughts short. Plus, I haven't actually written anything down. I'm sure that's the reason, yeah. <laughs> The phone's down. He's coming. He's coming from the heart here. From the heart. No. Toy Story is a fantastic movie. Okay, the characters of Woody and especially Buzz. I don't think I realised um, how much I like Buzz. I think Buzz has all the best lines. He's hilarious, as is Mister Potato Head, of course. But I think the story we get here of the, as you say, the two enemies becoming friends. It's a great story, and it's great for all the kids out there watching it as well. It teaches a lot about acceptance and a lot about change and what's happening. But for me, as a movie, I can watch this over and over again. I can never get sick of it. It's so funny. It just doesn't get to that five-star level for me, and I'm not sure why. Like, there's nothing in it that I'm picking out as I'm identifying as it, I don't like it or there's something wrong with it. And it should it should be a five-star movie for me because I, I saw this when I was very young. Like, I was perfect age when this came out. I would have been, what, seven when this movie came out. And I've grown up with it. And now that I've got kids, I've grown up again with it, watching them watch it. But it just it doesn't get to five stars for me. Four and a half, though, for me. Fantastic movie. I'll never get tired of it. Well done, Pixar. Is it because you're dead inside? It could be. It could I think be. that's the reason. All right, over to you. This film, like you, was a staple of my childhood. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that word was worded very wrong. So, I like it. I like it. Even though I didn't know you, I was a staple of your childhood. Well said. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this film. It's just so fun and vibrant and full of life. Woody and Buzz are some of the most iconic characters put to screen. They have fully developed character arcs and feed off each other so well, whether working together or butting heads. We mentioned during episode one in our Die Hard breakdown that having fantastic secondary characters really ups the film, and boy, does this film fill that quota. Ham, Rex, Mr. Potato Head, the list goes on. They all have their unique personalities and make every time they're on screen a joy. And to think this only goes for 81 minutes, it's astounding. The story is simple, but very intriguing. What if your toys came to life when you weren't there? That gets explored fantastically and can really only be done through the medium of animation. And this being the very first computer animated film really kicked off a perfect 10 for Pixar, having an incredible series of films that is still going strong 23 years later. This film will never get old for me. I'll never get bored of it. It's incredibly entertaining, a joy for the whole family, and it gets a... Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. From me. Can't argue with any of that. I was the best because the crowd loved me. Okay, Dean, where does this sit in your rankings? It's a bit of a tough one for me, to be honest. I'll just start from my number nine film, Django. I do think Toy Story is better than Django. (sighs) Looking at Logan next up. Yeah, definitely better than Logan. Your name. 
I think this is what it'll come down to. Is it better than your name or not? I think the history I have with this film alone should put it above your name for me. So, I'm going to put it above your name, but below No Country for Old Men, which would make it my number eight film. Where does this sit on your rankings, Hendo? All right. Why don't we start at number eight here against The Prestige? And Toy Story is better than Prestige for me. And then it goes to your name, to fantastic animation films, obviously a lot different than each other. Toy Story is better than your name for me. And then we get to another family-friendly film, The Wizard of Oz. And I can easily see myself watching Toy Story before Wizard of Oz. So it is better than The Wizard of Oz for me. So then it comes up to La La Land. And this is tough. This is very tough. And I gotta say, I'm probably watching Toy Story before La La Land. Recency bias. Toy Story is one of the most easily watched films, though. You can't just say- I enjoy Your Toy ranking Story. is not just a- what No, is this the is my rankings. Shut up. What is the Quiet easiest you. film to watch? Quiet you. Like, yeah, Toy Story- an, 80, an 80-something minute kids film is a very easy thing to watch. I never said anything about easy. I said- You did! I said I could easily see myself. Oh, sorry. I didn't say this is an easier film to watch. <laughs> You're right. You said nothing about easy. You said easily. That's right. My, my, my mistake. Let me rephrase my response here. <laughs> I like Toy Story better than La La Land. How about that? Was that so hard for you to say? And I think that's where it stops. Uh, I'm going to put Toy Story at number four on my list below Die Hard. Okay. We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this oh. could be it. Oh... Okay, we've got a fair few reviews to go through here from you guys out there. First one from Twitter, from the Geeky Retro Nerds. It's probably the best animated film ever made. Incredibly clever. The characters and screenplay are perfect. It always amazes me that it is 20-odd years old now. Thank you very much for that. On Letterboxd, we've got a review here from Ben Mulverhill. I've just finished watching this again in preparation for the podcast, and it's as effortlessly brilliant as ever. Such a simple story and short runtime that is accompanied by great voice acting and a script which can appeal to people of all ages. Although, you can't talk about it without mentioning how this is a film which made Pixar into the modern-day giant of animation it is. Revolutionary, epic, entertaining... We'll love it always. Very well said, Ben. Yeah, very well said. Also on Letterboxd from regular reviewer Chris, I absolutely love this film. A favourite from my childhood up until now. After two decades, the animation still holds up and the voice talent on display still shines bright. Appropriate for everyone of any age and a must watch. Thank you very much for that, Chris. We've got a couple here from our Facebook page. One from our mate Brodders. It's pretty great. It sums up perfect. Thanks, Brodders. We I also have really put a lot of thought into that one. We also have a review from Dean's wife, Britt. What? <laughs> yep. Really? It brings me back to my childhood and was the first video I owned. It's a classic that will never get old. I don't think anyone doesn't like this movie. I love this movie. Can say most of the script off by heart now, but it gets me in the feels and my kids loved it just as much as I did at their age. Four and a half out of five stars for me. Wow. <laughs> Look at you go, Britt. Well done. <laughs> nice review. And getting on the Jeffrey Bearwagon here, we've got... Shane! Toy Story poses the question many children have asked, what if my toys were really alive? It was the first time I ever saw a CGI animation film, and it certainly looks dated by today's standards. But Toy Story was also a classic film for its time, harnessing the voice acting talents of Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, who worked together to bring this colourful feature to life. The writing and production are top-notch, and it is the film that got the Pixar franchise off the ground. Still an excellent picture all these years later. Thanks, Shane. I think that's Shane's shortest review. Very succinct. Yes. 
Remember, guys, if you want to put your reviews in for all the movies we do, you've just heard them all there. Email, Facebook, Letterboxd, Twitter. Contact us on any of those. You want it, we got it. Exactly. We're everywhere. Check the show notes for all the links. All right, let's take a look at the results from last episode's Pod v Pod draft against Sam and Stacey at the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs podcast, where we drafted two-word films. And just to refresh everyone's memory, our team was Pulp Fiction, Taxi Driver, the aforementioned Toy Story, Jurassic Park, and Spirited Away. And Movie Reviews in 20 Qs had Fight Club, American Beauty, Die Hard, Schindler's List, and Reservoir Dogs. Firstly, from my brother Shane, tight contest, but I had to vote for movie reviews in 20 Qs. What? Of course you did. Because three films are in my top 100 movies, only one from your list. How dare you? Not good enough, Shane. One here from TJ and Serenity at the Movie with the Mrs. podcast. Boys, boys, boys. I went with the full list that I would want to watch over the other. I choose movie reviews in 20 Qs. From Gidget Von LaRue. My vote went with Sam and Stacey. From the Lazy Stoner, I had to go with movie reviews and 20 Qs this time, but just barely. Fight Club, Die Hard and Reservoir Dogs on the same side is hard to beat. From previous contender Gareth, I swear I'm not picking movie reviews and 20 Qs just because you beat us last time, <laughs> but they have Die Hard, so that automatically gets my vote. Damn you, Gareth. Coming off the reels, this is a close one, but movie reviews and 20 Qs takes it. Where's the votes for us? <laughs> it's not looking good. Well, here's one from the False Starts podcast. Hard one, but Toy Story is going to win it any day of the week. Nice. From the Bad Reception podcast, voting IMDb Journey. Yes. <laughs> All five films are in my top 100, both solid lists, but you guys had me at Spirited Away. Lovely. Also from Melissa, the Brook Reading podcast, no contest, IMDb Journey all the way. You have Pulp Fiction. That is such a perfect movie. Thanks, Melissa. From Ghosts of the Stratosphere, I despise Fight Club, so you guys have it by default. There's a lot I don't like about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bittersweet uh, vote there. But I will happily take it. And from Mackenzie Lambert, IMDb Journey has my vote. Now, I'll be honest, young Daniel, I was definitely worried. I thought we could very easily lose this list. Oh, when the drafts came up, I thought this was going to be super close. Like, even like just after we finished recording with them, I looked at the list and I was like, man, they have a great list. Didn't you say you were going to vote for them? <laughs> I didn't, though, and that's what matters. Well, in the end, 113 votes later, we hold supreme 57% of the IMDb Journey podcast. Yeah, boy! We're in a row! <laughs> no, thank you very much for the contest there, Sam and uh, Stacey. Thanks so much. It was a tough battle. We'll definitely have you on for a rematch soon. So let's get into this week's... That's my question! The question, jerk! where we asked you, what is your favourite Pixar film? And we got a fair few comments here. Let's go through a bunch of them. One here from JD at the In Session Film Podcast. Inside Out, the emotional complexities and psychology of this film is nothing short of genius. From Matt Neglia at the Next Best Picture Podcast, Pixar's undisputed masterpiece is Wally. From Michael Kamen's here, a company with a series of five-star masterpieces. It's close, but my favourite is the one that teaches that anyone can cook, Ratatouille. We watched the thing say, up... Lisa C went with Ratatouille. Film Inquiry Podcast, again, another vote for Ratatouille here. Films on Trial said so many great ones to choose from. I always had a great fondness for Toy Story Monsters, Inc., but I think Up is just an incredible film. But my favourite is Wally. To tell such a beautiful story with such dialogue is just amazing. It's Wally, not Wally. What does he say in the film? He says, Wally. Wally. Not Wally. 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 It's not Wally. What does Eve say? Wally. Eve. <laughs> Evie. Clayton Davis says Toy Story 3. The Nerds from Nowhere said so many great movies from them. I know The Incredibles was the first time I really started to love Pixar, 
So it has a special place in my heart. I think I have to say Inside Out, though. So many feels. Wide Range Media says Coco. And plenty of other comments out there, but I think overall while I was looking through it, I think the big two that came up was actually Inside Out and Wally, from what I saw. Interesting. But why don't we get into our top five Pixar films? All right, Dean, why don't we kick it off with you? What is your number five Pixar film? Number five for me is Wally. I never heard of that film. Do you mean Wally? Oh, sorry, Wally. Like, <laughs> where's Wally, but Wally. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely Wally for me. Um, I mean, <sighs> this film's great. Such an original concept, and they really. They really did dare to do something different. So, great film. My number five, Wally. What's your number five? Uh, my number five is Coco. Coco. Most recent one. It hit me. It was great. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. I do love Coco. Uh, it did not make my number four spot, though. That went to Finding Nemo. Okay. All right. Uh, I felt like the the animation is probably my favorite in Finding Nemo. I felt the underwater scenes are just so... They're great. They're, they're really great. The characters are great. Moving Fantastic. on to you. All right. My number four is the one we've been talking about today, Toy Story. Uh, I don't need to say any more about it. Uh, my number three is Toy Story. Well, your number three is Toy Story, and you have it at four and a half. Are you saying there's only two Pixar films that are genuine five? Yes. Oh, interesting. I have four Pixar films that are five. The fourth being Toy Story. Okay. <laughs> All right. My number three is Inside Out. Fantastic film. Like, so ingenious and lovable. Got me tearing up. Yeah. Fantastic. Up to my number two? Your number two. Up to my number two. I didn't even mean that. Up to my number two? Okay. And it's up. Up, up, up. I love up. I really, really love up. Um, I mean, that intro alone. My God, it kills me. But I think it's a great story. Great characters. Those those two characters in particular, obviously. Carry it. Love it. All right. Yep. I like. I agree with you. The, the first 10 minutes of that is spectacular, but I do think it dips a bit there. I have that number nine on my Pixar okay. film list. Didn't ask. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought we were engaging in a conversation here. <laughs> uh, my number two is what you've already mentioned before, Finding Nemo. Just fantastic. Love that film. Went and saw it at the cinema when I was young. And like you said, the animation on the water and just the story of the father trying to look for his son, uh, it got me. It's fantastic. Love every bit of it. Very good. Uh, and we're up to our number one, sir. Number one. Okay, my number one, my favourite Pixar film is Inside Out. Very good. That's a good pick. This film, it's amazing. It makes me cry every single time, like a little child. <laughs> What's your number one? Uh, it's a film that you have already mentioned. Actually, no, you didn't mention this one. Oh. <laughs> it's uh, Wally. Wally. I did mention Wally. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, you, you say Wally. Wally. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> No, Wally is a, just a fantastic film, just in general. Fantastic Pixar film, fantastic animation film, fantastic film. I love it to death. Love it, love it, love it. My number one Pixar film. Awesome. And our question for next week for yous is, what is the most overrated film in the top 250 list? Mm. Yep. We look forward to hearing all your responses. All right. We didn't have a new episode last week, but that didn't stop us from getting up our next matches in our Best Director tournament. So let's take a look at those results. Match nine, we had Christopher Nolan destroy David Lean with an 88% victory. No surprises there. Next up is the only one that myself and Hendo actually had a difference of opinion until the final four. Yeah, when we filled out our full bracket list here, this match between Billy Wilder and Robert Zemeckis is the only one we had different, yeah, up until we got to our final four, which is completely different. We have our full final four and final two that is completely different. Yeah, yeah. So, Hendo went with Billy Wilder here. I went, of course, with the winner, Robert Zemeckis, which puts me a clear point ahead. 
And it is a valuable point. Thank heading, you very much for heading that. Into there. But yes, Robert Zemeckis with a 70% victory there. Match 11, we have Stanley Kubrick absolutely annihilating Fritz Lang in an 89% victory. Last up, we had Alfred Hitchcock more than annihilating Roman Polanski, probably for more than a couple of reasons there. I think that 9% were joke votes. 91% to 9%. All right, and let's take a look at our final four matches in the first round here. And they are the number two seed, Steven Spielberg, taking on the number 31 seed, Orson Welles. Next up, we have the number seven seed, Charles Chaplin, taking on the number 26 seed, Sidney Lumet. Up next, we have the number three seed, Martin Scorsese, taking on the number 30 seed, Andrew Stanton. And in the final one this week, we have Quentin Tarantino, number six ranked, going up against the number 27 seed, Milos Forman. Those will be the last four matches before we move into the final 16. So, what's next? All right, it's time to find out what movie we're going to be watching next fortnight. And as we said last week, we have our first patron, Dean's brother Shane, and it's his turn to pick the movie we're going to be watching. And that movie is The Terminator. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's good. Good pick, Shane. Yep, that's I gonna, like it. That's I like it a lot. A very good movie to break down. Terminator. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder why he picked that one. Well, you can go and ask him. I shall. All right, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Remember, guys, if you'd like to become a patron, head on over there. We've just released our breakdown on Rushmore, and we'll be having the Royal Tenenbaums coming up within this week. Next time you hear from us, we'll be in a different studio. I'm actually moving house this week, so I won't be watching too many movies. <laughs> Yeah, moving house with my help, of course. Of course. As is tradition. As is always tradition when we move house. <laughs> but next time you hear our luscious voices, we'll be in a new studio. We'll be back with our Pod V Pod. We have our guests lined up. Should be another riveting good time. Not just riveting, but rip-roaring. I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. Dean, what are you going to be watching this week? This week, I am actually think I'm meant to be taking the wife out to see A Simple Favour, starring Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Is that going to be our feature film for next week? Do I have to go see Crazy Rich Asians to make that our feature film? Yes. Okay. The more you see them, area, I'll do what I can. We could see The Nun. Uh, I'm not bi- I've seen The Conjuring and I haven't seen any of the others. They're not really my cup of tea. No. But we'll see what we can do. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will see you next week for our Pod V Pod 5. Thanks, everyone. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.